0: Welcome to the Jig is Up podcast with your hosts, Darcy and Jason. The Jig is Up is recorded on the traditional lands of the Blackfoot Confederacy, as well as the lands of Treaty Six Nations. We aim to bring you new perspectives and open up conversations about Métis politics, culture, and current events, as well as stories that affect Indigenous from all over. If you like the show, or you don't, or if you want to send us suggestions for guests or topics to discuss on the show, feel free to email us at metispodcasts at gmail.com. And be sure to follow us on all of the social media at Métis Podcast. Well, welcome to The Jig Is Up, Tristan. Um, and I, I saw your post the other day, and you gave us permission to share it. And uh, I just kind of wanted to talk to you a bit about that. And about. And since then, I've learned that you've done a walk, and you're, you've gone to Regina, um, and stuff like that so it kind of there's a whole bunch of stuff i think we can talk about easily and i just kind of want to give you the space to to not be edited not have four minutes to explain everything but just uh you know explain a little mm-hmm. bit about what you're doing and uh, maybe I, I know you did like a 600 kilometer walk um so i just kind of tell it's us a little
1: 600 kilometer walk we're at the 380 kilometer point Oh, wow. Uh, the walk is 635 kilometers in total. We've made it to the city of Saskatoon. Okay.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and what, is, uh, what, what prompted you to do this walk? I, I think I kind of read it, but I just want to let everybody know what prompted this.
1: <laughs> well, just some context and some background. Northern Saskatchewan, um, the leading cause of death is, is suicide for the demographics ages 10 to 46 which is pretty horrifying because there's a lot of gang violence. There's a lot of drug overdoses. There's a lot of alcohol related fatalities. Uh, The crown prosecutor, ex-Cree lawyer, Harold Johnson, wrote a national bestseller, Firewater, addressing that problem and and the amount of deaths caused by alcohol and suicide beats all of that. And uh, that's pretty nasty. So Saskatchewan has the highest suicide rates in Canada. For every 30 girls that commit suicide in the province, only one of them is not indigenous. And um, since 2005, there's been over 2,200 deaths that were suicide. Um, I met the Saskatoon Chief of Police, Troy Cooper, yesterday. He came to our event mm-hmm. at the Vimy Memorial in Saskatoon. And he said they responded to 2,000 calls last year that were uh, suicide attempt related.
0: Wow. And uh,
1: that is unacceptable.
0: Yeah, so those are some staggering a, numbers, like that's crazy. There
1: was a member of the Legislative Assembly named Doyle Vemet, and he's from the Cumberland constituency, the northern half of the province. He brought a bill to the floor. It was dead on arrival. They didn't even consider it. They just kind of killed it in the planning stages. And then he brought it back and it made it to the floor. They asked for a vote count. And um, basically that was the bill that last month was unanimously voted down. And there was nothing in that bill that the New Democratic Party was not willing to negotiate and work with the Saskatchewan party on because Doyle Vermette said, this is not an NDP bill. This is not a political bill. This is bipartisan. This is doing the right thing. This is trying to stop more youth from burying themselves and trying to bring down that, those disgusting statistics of the deaths caused by suicide in our province, which are the highest in Canada. And he had brought some, some family members of people who, who committed suicide. And so they were there as a living, breathing testimonial of this is real. This is more than statistics. Look at our pain. Look at us. Help us. And uh, they unanimously said, no. And I read that CBC article. I was disgusted. Within 15 minutes, I had my plan. A walk from Range to Regina, 635 kilometers, followed by a hunger strike, until they are willing to legislate something meaningful that I think can save lives, and until they legislate some kind of accountability so that no sitting government can ever do nothing again. That's what this is.
0: Wow. That's amazing. And I, those numbers are just, they just, they're so sad that you have all these people in power and nobody seems to really care to do anything. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, they have this attitude of not our children, not our problem. Yeah. They have this attitude of, Oh, that's in the North. You know, there's only like two or three people that get a seat in, in, in that governmental house from the North, from those regions because they're so huge and expensive. Mm. and um and so really they don't have a voice at that table you want to know what our northern politicians do they drive all the way to china they hurt their backs while they do it they say we need this 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 and this and the government says nah and then they go home and so when people ask me do you want to get into politics you're very articulate i say i have better things to do with my time i know what our people get paid to do talk to a brick wall
0: mm. not
1: my cup of tea
0: now, one of the things that brought uh, you know all of this to my attention was that your a post that you had posted where you were talking about Métis leadership and and uh, you know um, these elected officials and and you talked about the government of Saskatchewan and things like that. How have you had any support whatsoever from you know like the Métis Nation or these Métis you know elected officials or anybody like that? Other has have they supported you as far as? financially on your walk or just supported promoting your walk? Um.
1: Okay, so the president of the Métis National Council, Clement Shorty, texts me, I'm very proud of what you're doing. Your uncle would be very proud of what you're doing. My uncle was a Métis politician who passed away of cancer a long time ago. And uh, Clem Shorty's from my hometown of Buffalo Narrows. And so he's saying, like, I'm very proud of Northern Youth has taken initiative in doing this and How can I help? How can I support? And I gave him one item on the agenda. I said, I'd like to be gifted a teepee because I'm doing a hunger strike. I don't want to borrow some stranger's teepee to watch me starve and bear witness to the history of what will happen on that lawn, only to give it back to them. And do you want to know what his response was? Well, Mm. I don't know how much a teepee costs or even where to get one, but I can make a financial contribution. And he sent me a little bit of change. And now this is the man who wears uh, $30,000 beaded vests that Christy Belcourt made. He's got a collection of $15,000 plus Métis vests and regalia. And he basically dresses himself like a, like a monarch in this priceless Métis art. And um, he has the audacity to call himself a leader when really, if he was doing his job, if the Métis Nation as a governmental organization was doing its job, I'd be at home right now.
2: Yeah.
1: So I'm very sure. disappointed in him. And then the president Glenn McCollum of the Metis Nation of Saskatchewan inboxed me. You wanna know what he said? <laughs> I want you to post on your Facebook page that you have our unwavering support. Click. I said, mm-hmm. When I see it, he didn't even send a bottle of water. Wow. <laughs> and so I wrote this this Facebook post, you know, saying, How dare they text me? You have our support. Tell people you have our support. We stand with you 100% when I haven't seen their support. It doesn't exist. Mm. Not even in a little like financial contribution. Uh, Clem Shorty made a personal donation. He said, I'm gonna make a personal donation.
2: Yeah.
1: And and I'm thinking like, uh, keep your stolen money. (laughs) Like, whatever. Anyway, so no. They haven't really supported it in, in an official capacity. And then when I wrote these, these Facebook posts exposing them, because our colonial media doesn't report on the corruption of their favorite tokens.
2: Mm. So
1: somebody's got to. I wrote these Facebook statuses. They got shared like 200 plus times. And that's when area directors started calling me. Well, we were going to help. We planned on helping you. Uh, but, uh, but then you went and called us out and, and you went to Facebook instead of asking us and I'm thinking I don't need to ask you it should be a damn given I'm a youth you know I'm doing this for the youth that that you're supposed to be fighting for Uh, you're flying all over Canada collecting honorariums per diems uh, on top of your unjustifiable salaries and uh, what is that getting us we're still burying we're still saying goodbye we're still grieving We're still hurting and um, you're still buying expensive, priceless things, uh, (laughs) acting like you lead, like you're even worthy of that art. And Mm -hmm. I'm here to say that uh, my criticism extends beyond Scott Moe and the Saskatchewan party. Mm -hmm. It goes to our own politicians too, because they have a role to play. They have a capacity and they have a responsibility to be helping us and they are failing. If they were succeeding, I would be home right now.
0: Yeah, well, if they were succeeding, then those numbers wouldn't and statistics wouldn't be nearly as high as they were. Um, no. And so, what has been the overall response from community as you're doing this? Um, you know, from non-elected, just community grassroots people. Uh, I would imagine you've probably seen quite a bit of support along the journey so far.
1: Oh, yes. Um, people have dropped off lunches for us, nice hot lunches on the highway. People have dropped off uh, bug spray, energy drinks, vitamin waters, cases upon cases of water. It got to the point where our little van was sardined right to the roof. And I had to make a Facebook post opening the back of the van, showing them that I'm, I'm a literal Tetris champ and I've just fit everything I could possibly fit. And I'm like, please, no more water. So those are our grassroots people. Um, And as far as our Métis Nation goes, it's like uh, no bottle of water in there was given to us by, by our president of the Métis Nation of Saskatchewan and our president of the National Council, Clement Shorty, who lives in Ottawa.
0: Well, and it's really sad when you consider these people, I'm assuming, are all probably making six figures a year. They have millions of dollars in their travel budgets and, you know meal allowance budgets and accommodations budgets and then it, when it's grassroots initiatives they they can't seem to to fund it they can't seem to even promote it on their websites like they can't yep. seem to promote it on their Facebook pages like they just kind of disappear you know that, yeah. that's what I notice anyway so
1: and here's what I'm going to tell you like in the beginning I'm talking about Scott Mo and uh and his caucus of of dodo birds stuck in the past still thinking this is the british empire and it's the greatest empire that ever was and we're the happiest people in the british empire like they're, they're in that delusion uh, and uh anyway so i started criticizing them and our metis politicians are like ha ha ha, he's calling out the sas party look at that look at that he's calling them out and then i turn to them and what have you been doing and they're like make it about the kids make it about the kids don't make it about yourself and it's like you're so fucking transparent
0: yeah it really is. Right. Oh man. That's awful. It, 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 I would like to say it's, it's surprising that they're not supporting you, but it really kind of isn't. Cause I don't, you just don't see them supporting any, any real initiatives from within, you know, their Métis nation or, or anything like that. I mean, and it, it, it's really quite sad. And yeah. like you said, on top of that, like the real problems here is like, what are they doing about suicide? What are they doing about these problems that communities face? Um, What are they
1: doing about anything that's not their bank account and their own egos and reputations?
0: Yeah, it's like if they can't get the press out and get their names in the papers and get on CBC for it, then they really don't want to do it. No.
1: And um, I've had... um, uh, After I made those posts calling out our elected officials, I received a phone call from our president of the Métis Nation. This is Glenn. Call me, click. And I'm like, fuck, man, I'm walking 49 kilometers a day. You think I'm going to call you and let you have a little tenter tantrum in my ear? I got better shit to do. So I didn't call him. And and his family starts inboxing me and commenting on my things. Um, We're withdrawing our support from your movement because you don't respect elders. Um, I respect elders. My elders walk with me. My elders support me, my elders pray for me. Those guys are just old teenagers who uh, think their age is this license to walk around and I'm an elder, obey Obey me. I will help you, but it'll be on my terms. And it's like, no, um, actually I'm driving this car. That is our movement down to Rajana. You could take a fucking back seat because you've been driving unimpaired for too long and it's got us nowhere.
0: I love the way you describe that, like they're, they're teenagers, because like when I think of elders, I think of people that uh, work with their, for their community. Everything they do is to, for the youth, mm-hmm. to make the future generations better. Mm-hmm. And I don't see that if you look across the country, even with all these Métis organizations, I'm not seeing a lot of that with the ones that are funded by governments. They're, they're not focused on communities. There's communities that are literally starving and they do nothing. Um, mm-hmm. so I, like for them to call themselves elders to me is, is disrespectful to actual elders in, in, as far as I can see. Mm-hmm. But, but so I like the way you put that. I like the way that, and I love the way that you're, you're not giving them your time. I think that's so vital these days is just to not no. even worry about it. So I have a huge respect for what you're doing. I love what you're doing. Um, I wish I could get out there and actually see you and, you know, get out there and walk with you a bit, but, um, yeah, it's just an amazing thing. Well, maybe
1: stop by in Regina. We could do an interview on the line.
0: Yeah, I would love to. I mean, uh, I've honestly, I was thinking about that this morning. I was thinking, how do I get to Regina in the next few days? Like when you get there? We'll
1: be there for like 11 days. And I'll be there for a long time. I'll probably be fasting for over a month. Wow. Yeah.
0: Wow. And so do you have, when you get there, do you have, you know, you were talking about getting the teepee. Do you have people that have, have thrown in their support that way and provided? Yeah, you know, some I guess TP uh,
1: and some you, stuff. I'll tell. You. Um, I met this indigenous woman in Prince Albert, and um, she came up to me and said, "We we've been praying for you in our sweat lodge, and we had a vision about you in our sweat lodge, and this dream you had, and um, and I want you to know we're having another sweat lodge tonight, and we'll be praying for you." And I said, "Well, guess what? I'm spending another night in PA to rest. So, can I come?" And she's like, oh my God, you would come? And I said, of course. So I went to their sweat lodge and uh, the elder there, he said, "Um, I want you to have that teepee. And he gave it to me. Wow. And I said, well, you know, the president of the Métis National Council gave me a bit of money and can I give you his donation? And he's like, no, no, you keep that money. Burn it up in your gas tank. And, uh, and he said, I already make enough money at the schools anyway, because he runs youth culture camps and cultural retreats. But he's just this humble guy in this cabin in the woods with a few teepees, with a smokehouse, with a sweat lodge. And he's just this really cool elder, like with his foot in both worlds, the traditional world and the modern world. Like he's got like gray hair, he's super old. And he's like, you want to see my drone?
0: I was like you have a drone, <laughs> like, that's fantastic.
1: Like so, he's just this deadly guy, and so I consider him to be our leaders. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody voted for him, but when he speaks, people listen. Where he goes, people follow. You yeah. know, and when he gives advice; they take it to heart. Absolutely. Um, when, when our when our Métis presidents speak, when our chiefs speak, you know, when, <laughs> When our when our like AFNs come down to grace us with the, with the grand entry at a powwow and speak, we're like, how long are they going to talk for? <laughs> yeah, like absolutely. So we know who our leaders are.
0: Yeah,
1: you know they're not the bureaucrats.
0: Yeah, are you yourself? am um, like a member of the Métis Nation. I'm assuming that you are.
1: Well, I didn't want to jump through all the hoops of getting my card because okay. I'm busy and I travel a lot. And I'm thinking mm-hmm. like, damn, um, my grandpa's Métis, my family's Métis, my dad's Métis, my auntie's uncle's grandpa. I mean, what do I got to prove? I'm a fiddle player, damn it. I literally make my livelihood on the Red River Jig. How Métis do you want me to get? Who do I got to prove it to? Yeah. So, no, I don't have my Métis card. Yeah. Um, but I'm Métis.
0: Well, that's fantastic, and again, I think it's one of those things. It's like, well, how much time do you dedicate to doing that? It's not worth your time, right? Mm-hmm. Like your time is better spent fiddling and, and doing the things that you yeah. either enjoy or make you know make your living at or can help yeah. you
1: people. So. so I read the, this this uh, questionnaire to actually do your application for the Métis card, and in the privacy statements, it's it's like they want a family tree, like five generations back. They want uh, like birth certificates, they want wedding certificates, they want dates of marriages of grandparents. And then they say, this information may or may not be shared with different organizations and academic institutions and different historical organizations and with the public. And I'm thinking that's really voyeuristic to yeah. be wanting to look into my family generations back and say, oh yes, by the way, we're going to give this to whoever the hell we want. Mm. And I thought, gross, like that's some like South Korea shit where it's like you do something bad and they punish your whole family. It's like, it's just weird. I don't know. It's dictatorial. It's, it's, it's gross. And, and, and I, like, who thought of that?
0: Well, and it, it's, to me, it just screams of, of colonial, you know, you need all this pro- proof that who, of who you are. In order to satisfy the government of canada so it to me it's it's, it's that puppeting of the government of canada so the mm-hmm. government of canada says we need this oh we'll do that yes sir no problem sir and uh and uh, you're right i think for most people that's it's a ridiculous thing to have to go through um, yeah and it's the same thing oh. with status cards. it's a it's a runaround. it's just never-ending paperwork same thing
1: yeah I mean, there's a really sad reality in the north of absent fathers and mothers raising their children alone and grandmothers raising their grandchildren um, because there's so much alcoholism. It's just an epidemic. That's what Firewater is all about. That's Mm -hmm. what Harold Johnson's work and that's what he's trying to bring into the public consciousness of this in our culture, in our northern culture of uh, getting drunk with aunties and uncles and grandparents and parents and brothers and sisters. It's not normal. (laughs) like it's Mm -hmm. no don't do that and um it wasn't until i read his book that i realized oh that wasn't normal for me to not have a single sober uncle on my dad's side or my mom's side generations back Mm
2: -hmm. it's
1: not normal that my father is an alcoholic who left me when i was four years old and his father was an alcoholic that left him when he was a child um it's not normal yeah and and so basically Um, I also want to say that the amount of people we bury in our communities, the amount of people we lose to suicide and hopelessness and drug overdoses and gang violence, and you name it, is not normal. No. And it's like we're being gaslighted by the Canadian government. Yeah. Oh, we're investing in the North. It's like we're being gaslighted by our, by our premier who comes up to do a photo op call it consultation, go back down, continue to do nothing. It's like we're being gaslighted um, by our politicians who are who are flying over over Canada, acting like millionaires and coming to the reserves and saying, you know what? Things are done a certain way. We fight our battle for our people on a different front. And it's like, what battle are you fighting? Because I haven't seen us win anything. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you want to do your job, make them honor that pile of broken trees. Mm-hmm. Start there. yeah. And then hold, come and tell us. Hold them accountable. You're fighting for us. How yeah. dare you wear sacred regalia and $200 pairs of down-to-earth jeans to come to grand entries on reserves where they're literally declaring states of emergency every winter because they're losing children at mm-hmm. unprecedented rates.
0: Yeah absolutely and, and it, it is it's a it's a sad it's like they've classed themselves out of of being in touch with the actual people that they claim that they represent um and they don't hold and they're not holding a government accountable um uh, no like you said i mean just on suicide alone what is the work that's being done like what they should be able to say okay well we didn't do the, that but here's what we are doing And it should be something of significance, but I don't, I don't ever see that happening with any of these. It's just, it's just not happening. Um, And it's, I've noticed it with things like suicide, but also with, um, you know, like just living conditions and housing and things like that. Like they're not really pushing the government to get anything done and they themselves aren't really getting anything done, you know? So these millions of dollars just seem to get absorbed and then we don't really know what happens. (laughs) You know?
1: No, it's like these organizations and these bureaucracies have become so big and self-serving that they totally cannibalize any funding that's supposed to make its way down to our people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's like a, it's a real bad trickle down. It's
1: like Wichita Incorporated. We're just going to eat up everything that comes in front of us <laughs> and you're not going to get any of it.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, I guess, so when you said 11 days, you're going to be in Regina or that's the the goal, I guess. I'm hoping
1: 11 to 12 days. I can't really give any timelines. Sometimes we walk until we cannot take another step literally. And they have to get me and put me in the vehicle and drive me to where we're going to sleep and help me walk to bed because I'm in such pain. Like that's where we're at. And, and, um, sometimes we need a day to just rest, to just Mm. get out of the sun get some food turn off our phones and just sleep yeah so there are no timelines yeah we're literally walking on the epitome of indian time
0: (laughs) well i think it's amazing i have a friend who's walked across uh from victoria to ottawa for various reasons at least three times um and i walked a portion with him and man that it is not easy like you you think walking but it's not like walking to the corner store. It's like, it, it is hard on the body after, after that many kilometers. So I, I have great respect for what you do.
1: So the very first days we started the walk, we needed to take a break every two hours. Sit down, water up, you know, put new socks on. And then after the first week, it's like, Chris, it's been five hours. We better stop and, you know, hydrate. Like yeah. we we get into that zone. Our bodies have <laughs> have gotten used to this pace. And I yeah. no longer go to sleep with legs so sore I could hardly lift them to roll over. Yeah. Um I go to sleep with legs that feel fine. I wake up with legs that feel fine and then away the I go. And mm. some days we walk forty nine kilometers for thirteen hours. Wow. And so it's just funny to me that people online think they're gonna give me critiques and uh, constructive criticism. (laughs) Like, you attract more flies with honey, don't be so hostile. I mean, damn it, I'm doing a prevention, uh, like suicide prevention walk for action and a hunger strike. Sorry if I'm not a fucking ball of sunshine.
2: Yeah.
1: I'm baking in the July sun, all day long, worn out soles on my shoes, like not even a bottle of water from my Métis politicians. And uh, you want me to kiss your ass and be oh oh thank you for this advice thank you for this advice
0: no yeah no I love that attitude and I, and I think it's um, it is one thing like I mean you're 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 not doing this so that you can you know make a lot of money you're not doing this for selfish reasons you're you're doing it very much to raise awareness to to highlight some of these these atrocities yep. that are happening and I, I for people to critique that and. <laughs> You know, it's really easy to, for me to sit here in my, on my couch, you know, my pajamas at two in the afternoon, while you're you're on your ninth hour of walking. It's really easy to critique you, but until people get off, get up, and start doing it um, they, themselves, or join you, or join others that are doing walks like this, um, I just think it's it's a place where you just shouldn't comment <laughs> unless you've actually. Amen. I mean, help.
1: There's a photo in the Star Phoenix of this old man carrying our Eagle staff at the front of the line. They took a picture of him. This is Tristan Rocher, who started a walk from La Ranch, and he's going to Regina. And it was just some random old guy. And they, and they called him Tristan Rocher. I'm Tristan DeRocher. Wow. And so I, I took a screenshot of that. I posted it on the page. And I'm like, this is kind of hilarious. I mean, uh, maybe this walk and the inept politicians who try to give me constructive criticism has aged me 20 years. Yes. Yeah. Maybe that is me. It was just as a joke. And people commented, um, it doesn't matter if you're not at the front. This isn't about you. Mm. Stop trying to make this about you. Blah, 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 blah. You're so self-centered. Do it for the kids. Do it for the kids. Yeah. Remember why you started this. And it's like, how dare you say that to me? Yeah. While you're at home and this is your children I'm trying to save by the way
0: hmm well and I, I you know one of the things that drives me crazy is people that wouldn't do what i call and i think a lot of people call tone policing which is um, oh God. you know oh you shouldn't get angry don't get angry you should be you got to be super nice yes. when why 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 can't we get angry that youth are killing themselves because they see no future for them if we why not if we're not
1: angry, angry? We're, we're a little too drunk on on pacifying substances you know
0: well or you're too drunk on that money that's pouring into your organization
1: we're ostriches that have buried our heads a little too far into the sand yeah not angry by what what's going on
0: absolutely no i and i see that a lot i see that a lot with uh you know other activists and other people trying to 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 make a difference uh in the the indigenous world and and people are constantly well you can't get angry why Mm -hmm. not it, mm-hmm. What better reason is there to get angry with your government, you know? Yeah. So, so I, 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 think it's, I, think it's, I think it's time we need to get angry, to be honest with you. I think more people need to start getting angry.
1: I think a lot of the politicians are inboxing me to tone police um, and stuff because they're scared. that um, as, I, as I go and do this thing and literally put my, my health, safety, life in danger their communities, their children are going to ask, where's your commitment? Mm-hmm. What have you been doing? Yeah. And they're, they're kind of like, don't bring attention to how much we haven't done, please. <laughs>
0: you attract <coughs> more
1: flies with honey, Tristan. Remember that.
0: That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. Like,
1: I, no, I'm not trying to attract flies. I'm trying to bring some meaningful action forth. Absolutely. Not speak little rainbow hope filled words, you know, That's that's a bunch of bullshit. We don't have time for anymore because you've been trying these tactics on during your quote years in the game, and they haven't got us anywhere. So get the hell out of my way, support me, or stay back.
0: Well, and honestly, I, I think it's time for the older generation to realize that it is time for the younger generations to start taking the mantle on these things, taking the leadership. And I, I don't, and it's, it's scary for a lot of, you know, the, the people that are in these positions right now to give up that power. They don't want to give that up, God forbid, but reality is, is that, you know, people like yourself and so many others that are doing amazing things, we need to just simply get out of your way and just say, you're right. Yeah. You need to, you need to do what you need to do. And we just need to step back and encourage you and support you. That's, that's how I always do yeah. this stuff, but, but.
1: So my, my battery on the phone is at 7%. Okay. Do you have any wrap up questions? And- no,
0: I think I'm good. I just, uh, I, I will uh, make sure to promote your, your walking page and things like that. And, and maybe uh, just push people towards your, your social media platforms. So Thanks I so really much. appreciate your time today. Thank you.